Welcome to the Wheels Up Podcast, the resource to help business, executive, and VIP travelers stay safe on the ground and in the air. Join Executive Protection and Travel Security Specialist Troy Clayton as he shares tips on how to give yourself or those in your care a safe journey, no matter where your travels take you. Hey, Troy. How you going? Hi, Brett. I'm well. Yourself? I'm marvelous, marvelous. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this episode. We're, we're kind of going to hit your sweet spot. We're going to talk about uh, how to hire an Executive Protection Agent. Yeah, well, I mean, lay it at me. I've got a fair bit to tell you. Okay, no doubt, no doubt. So I, I guess th- this is um, this is something that's not really run of the mill for most people. Like, uh, I, I doubt I'm going to need an executive protection agent or, or a bodyguard within the next six months. But who knows? I may well be. Um, and no doubt, during the episode, we'll cover who actually should have one. And, and I, I know I've, I've had discussions with you about this before. So there'll be some surprising revelations out there as to who who might need such a thing. Uh, even extending to things like family members because because there are kidnap risks and, and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So, but before we dig into that though, just outline for for me and for the listeners what exactly is an executive protection agent or an operative. Okay. Sure. Thanks. So I guess um, you know there's a few terms out there that get bandied around within the um, within the industry itself. So. You know, there's uh, executive protection or EP, uh, executive protection specialist, operative agent, bodyguard or BG, uh, personal protection operative, PPO, close protection, CPO. Look, the list goes on. Um, I guess in reality, they're also interchangeable. And, and I, I would say that, you know, probably the layperson, they'd all mean the same thing anyway. So, and, and realistically, most people have probably never even heard of um, EP or, or CP, uh, but really only that of, of bodyguard. Right, okay. So bodyguard's the same as uh, executive protection operative. It's just a more fancy way of saying it, yeah? Um, yes and no. Look, the, the term bodyguard and PPO or personal protection officer, they, they can be interchanged. Um, you know, there's a, there's a few train, trains of thought on, um, you know, BG versus EP versus PPO. Um, you know, some people are not keen on the term bodyguard and prefer, um, you know, the, the term executive protection operative. And to be honest, I'm probably one of those those people. Um, however, I I see that they both sort of have their place. Um, and to be fair, I, I you know it's not like I I'd really introduce myself to to someone um, you know other than if I was sort of giving a, an initial brief to a client um, as you know you know executive protection. Um, you know, it's not like I walk up. You know, when somebody asks me, what do I do? Uh, it's not like I say, look, I'm an executive protection specialist or I'm a bodyguard. I would generally, generally just say, you know, I'm, I'm in risk management um, or, or in security. So I guess within the industry and, and probably to the, um, the average person on the street, um, you know, a BG or a bodyguard is seen as, you know, the person who walks beside the principal um, and, and keeps the threat at bay. So... You know, this can be either by looking intimidating with just their presence um, or by, you know, utilising physical force uh, you know, as and when it's sort of required. It's, you know, it's, it's a quasi sort of uh, crowd control position. Um, however, it's just not restricted to a venue like where crowd control would be restricted to a venue or, or an event. So, you know, it's sort of, um, I guess it's seen to be used more so in the entertainment industry, um, although, you know, the term does get used by the military as a position within a close uh, close protection team. So, you know, it's it's not exclusive to rock stars. 
Okay, so what's an executive protection operative then? What's the difference between them? Um, so an EP operative or an agent, um, it's generally seen within the, in, um, within the industry as, as someone who's had um, formalised or, or specialised executive or close protection training, either from within the military, um, a law enforcement agency, or um, a reputable uh, civilian training facility which specialises in executive protection. And look, there's, there's a few of them out there. So you know, obviously I conducted, and um, we've spoken about this previously, is that you know, I conducted my training at Ronin in South Africa. Um, you know, it's a fantastic course and a great training establishment with an excellent um, reputation. Uh, there's a few out uh, over in the UK. Um, uh, there's a company called... Um, Alexentia, uh, Galahad, uh, Galahad and Associates, um, Phoenix, um, and I think the guys at, um, I believe the guys at Orchid Risk, uh, they also run a, a course. Uh, and then over in the US, like there's a ton in the US, there's um, a ton of reputable ones, um, Trojan, uh, Oatman and Associates, uh, PFC Concept, uh, PFC Concepts in, in Vegas. Uh, those guys, uh, some really good guys with some solid training. Um, and there's a couple others like La Sorcer and Associates and there's another company called ESI or Executive Security International that I can think of. Now, over in the US, there's, there's quite a few. Right. Okay. So in previous episodes, we've, we've talked about examples of bodyguards in inverted commas of celebrities who have slashed tyres or intimidated paparazzi or whatever. We'd be fairly safe to say that they're bodyguards more so than executive protection and they probably haven't been through this training. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, look, it, 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 they may have gone through some training. Um, where they've picked up slashing tyres, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm pretty sure that none of the courses I just uh, you know, listed would, would uh, recommend jumping out and slashing tyres. So, um, look, I think a lot of it comes down to a personality, and I'll probably talk about that a little bit later. But, um, it, 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 yeah, you know, you can train someone, you know, as much as you want, but if they've got a particular personality or if they've got a particular way of doing things, um, then you know you can't you can't always you know train them out of that I guess right or, or maybe you were asleep when they covered slashing tires yeah I must have had my head down right okay all right so so what type of training is covered in these programs so there's a few things that they get um, covered off on um, and I guess probably basics you know they go through a, lot, a fair bit of theory uh, in amongst it. Um, and then once they start doing their drills, you know, things like walking or escorting drills, uh, pedestrian drills, um, communications uh, is, is a big one. And whether that be, um, um, you know, just verbal, like talking to each other and how to talk to the principal uh, right through to, you know, communications equipment. Um, planning and reconnaissance or, or what we call advances. Um, to be honest, you know, I could probably do a whole podcast on, on just advances. There's a, there's a fair... There's a fair bit that goes into that. So um, a lot of what executive protection about uh, executive protection is about reconnaissance and advances. So um, it, on top of that, you know, there's route planning, journey management, um, advanced driving. Obviously, there's a fair bit of driving that goes on in, in um, executive protection or, or uh, close protection, um, and that includes formation driving or driving as a motorcade. Um, and then obviously there's um, you know residential security, uh, so the fundamentals behind that, um, surveillance, counter surveillance, um, various actions on incidents, um, you know team leader. What, what does actions on mean? Um, yeah, okay. So those within the industry would probably understand what an action on is or what actions on are. 
Um, essentially, it's a it's a military or policing term that's that you, you know it's also used in the in the security industry to outline contingencies. So, for example, you would have um, you would have actions on an injury to the principal, um, or actions on um, a vehicle breakdown, or even you know if we're talking, we bring it back to like travel safety and security. You you, you can potentially have actions on a passenger being stranded at the airport. So, what it does, it it allows everyone on the team to, to know exactly what's going on uh, or what, what's going to occur if a particular incident happens, yeah. Right, okay, so essentially it, it's a pre-arranged protocol, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah, right. so that, that everyone understands what's going to happen. So if this, if you know, X, Y, Z happens, then you're going to do, you know, one, two, three, uh, and there's no ambiguity, so, um, right. yeah. Okay, all right, all right, okay. So sorry, so just going back, I interrupted what you were saying about executive protection. Oh, um, so where was I? Oh, yeah, so, so th that's all right. Um, essentially, executive protection. So um, executive protection it, it involves more planning and, and generally on a larger scale. It's, it's usually across multiple sites. Um, it, you know, it can be across venues or even countries. So, um, you know, recently we, we conducted an extensive, um, you know, an extensive EP operation for a client who was travelling with a large entourage. Um, and they were going across four different locations, requiring air moves for all of them, including, uh, including an overseas leg. So um, it usually involves working with, you know, within the corporate or business sector um, or, for, you know, or for families, you know. Um, you know that's not always the case, um, but, you know, that's kind of usually the space that we're working in. Um, and it's generally seen as more than just walking next to somebody, I guess. I mean, that's, I guess that's a big difference between executive protection and bodyguarding. It's, there's there's a, lot of, a lot of thought that goes into it. There's uh, a lot of planning, a lot of contingencies, um, risk analysis, time, paperwork uh, that goes into facilitating a, an executive protection operation. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I mean, that's, a, that's probably a long-winded answer to tell you, you know, what, what an executive protection operative is, but um, I hope that gives you a bit of a better understanding, I guess. Got it, yeah, for sure. All right, so who needs an executive protection agent or an operative? Um, so I guess what an EPO brings uh, to the security of an individual is, is the planning uh, and the facilitation, like what we just sort of spoke about. Um, EP is very proactive and it's, uh, you know, it's a service-driven industry. Um, realistically, security is just a byproduct of the service being provided, you know. It's getting people from point A to point B in a safe and comfortable manner. Um, the security occurs behind the scenes. So, um, in, in fact, you could say that executive protection is, is not just for those who are, are worried about, you know, their safety, um, but also for anyone who values their time. Um, you know, whether you're a sports personality or a rock star or a CEO or a tech mogul or a, a high-profile family, um, you know, even, even journalists or production crews for that matter. Um, you know, they may be heading over to a remote or even a volatile area. Um, they may be covering a story on, or, or you know, yeah, they, may, they may be covering a story on domestic soil, you know. Um, I've got a few colleagues who are excellent EP and, and CP operatives who work in the media industry. Um, and primarily look after staff within it, you know, whenever they travel. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, broad, a broad spectrum of industries and, and individuals that, that an EP team or an EP operative may look after. Um, I guess um, EP gives you back your time so that you're not, 
you know, you're not waiting at the airport, uh, in, you know, in line to board. You know, so, so those executives that are sort of travelling, um, rather than standing in line, then, you know, we may have a fast track service arranged for you, or, or we would have a fast track service arranged for you, I should say. You know, you, um, you'd have a, a vehicle waiting airside uh, with Wi-Fi, with your favourite beverage or, or snack ready to take you to, you know, safely to your pre-checked in hotel, um, you know, have the elevator locked off uh, ready to take you up to your room. So, you know, EP is about providing a smooth and, and seamless service so that our clients don't need to worry or stress about little things. You know, they, they can sit in the back of a, a luxury vehicle safely and comfortably making phone calls or closing deals um, or, or answering emails or just taking five minutes away from everyone, you know, just having a, a bit of a time out. Um, it's all about increasing their productivity all the while keeping them safe um, and, and without that overbearing um, theatrics of what might go, you know, might occur whether you're using um, limousine company or a cab or a, uh, or a uh, I don't know, a, a scrupulous um, uh, security company out there. So, yeah, that's what it's all, right. all about. Okay. Yeah, because I've always wondered about people who seem to take the side door out of airports. So that's something that you arrange, is it? Oh, well, I can't tell you all our tricks. I won't tell you which doors we go in and out of. But, uh, okay, yeah. good to know. All right. So, but yeah, someone in the background is doing something. All right. So, um, so there's a business executive or a VIP or I anyone who needs an EP agent. Do they only need it while they're travelling or could, could there be situations where they need them on home ground as well? It really depends on the executive and who they are. Um, it depends on the risk, uh, the productivity, uh, or, or even the lack thereof, I guess. Um, that, that sort of needs to be taken into account. Um, also, there may be a policy in place which states that the, they require executive protection um, while at home. So, um, for example, I guess, uh, say, uh, a CEO of a multinational bank. So... <clears throat> Their risk profile is is one that um, you know no specific threats have been made against them. They might have a net worth of between say I don't know five and fifteen million dollars, and and their bank has a, a net profit of around I don't know five to ten billion dollars last year. Um, you know the, the company has a policy in place that states wherever the CEO travels, they must have some form of security with them, uh, and, and the policy might be like it might be pretty loose. It, it was drafted several years ago by a lawyer, not a, not a risk management specialist, and, and it's just open to interpretation. So what they may have in place for that particular CEO, CEO is a, is a non-security driver from a limousine company, um, goes and picks the CEO up, drives them to the airport, drops them off, um, and then next, you know, um, the CEO is off to, to Indonesia for, for business, let's say. Um, you know, I, I would suggest and, and certainly hope that on arrival the CEO is met by a, a driver and, and at the very least one executive protection specialist um, or it, it may be a case that the bank security manager um, doubles as, as the EP which is you know is relatively common with some of these larger companies so um, I, I guess the downside to doing it all this way is that you know the, the driver at home may not be security trained uh, and as such may not understand processes such as you know route selection, all these things that we spoke about before with the training um, and not understanding the most appropriate MBUS, bus locations or, you know, even having procedures in place for if the, you know, the vehicle breaks down. Um, you know, also if it is a limousine company, uh, you may be just, you know, you may be getting a different driver every single time. So, you know, it's an unknown quantity. Every time that that CEO is getting picked up, you're getting picked up by a different person uh, and someone without a, a specific set of, um, you know, specific uh, skill set or, or training in, in, in security driving. So, 
you know, it's it's not just about security. I guess it's, it can be about comfort as well. But you know, a security driver will understand um, all of this, and they'll automatically conduct a risk assessment in their mind, and and they'll take um, I guess the most appropriate route, um, or have contingencies in place as well as selecting the most comfortable route. You know? um, so, you know, I guess another example would be um, in reference to the overseas team, the, um, the, uh, the, the team that picked up the bank man oh, correction, the, um, the CEO when they were overseas, um, I, I would, you know, we, we would we'd always advocate having at least two EP um, or two executive protection, you know, one, one local and, and one from the client's country. Um, the second example I'll give you uh, is a case that we dealt with not long ago. Um, the client uh, was uh, an executive from a, a multi, let's just say the client was an executive from a multinational uh, financial firm um, and threats were made against him um, and uh, his family by a disgruntled former worker. So no policy was in place to manage this type of situation. Um, the principal wasn't travelling anywhere other than you know, to and from work, which was deemed to be most likely time uh, an incident would occur. And um, so we conducted a risk assessment with all the stakeholders. We then implemented a discrete um, executive protection detail, which included a small EP team with drivers, as well as um, protective surveillance on his home and his family. Now, this, this remained in place until the threat was deemed to be no longer active. So um, essentially, it was a, um, a short to midterm project. And I guess the last example, which would be um, bringing it up a notch again, I guess, would be um, a high-profile CEO of a tech company, say, um, his threat profile may be you know, significantly higher, uh, and it's likely that this person would have a, an executive protection team on him and his family, uh, probably full-time, so both domestically and internationally when they travel. So really it's, it's based on risk profile. Um, you know, we've provided EP to executives during boardroom meetings and, and transport requests for, you know, external events. So, um, you know, organisations do that because they know their people will be safe um, but also comfortable and, and, you know, when they get to the other end, they're not sort of standing around wondering where to go. So everything's risk-based. Um, it, it can be about comfort as well, um, but it's, you know, about delivering a, a professional service. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's probably a long-winded answer to, to, to say who needs it and, and how they how they use it both domestically and internationally. Got it. So just to add to that, though, you, you mentioned family in there. In what situations would family members need protection as well? So when you look at it, uh, I guess the threat pro when you do any sort of threat profile against anyone, you, you need to take you need to have a, a holistic look at um, everything that's there. So if you're say a uh, high-profile uh, personality. Um, or even a high net worth individual, you know, uh, and you're the whether you're the the mum or the dad or whoever it is, and, and you've got some kids. Uh, obviously, the easiest way to um, to to uh, extort or get to that that particular principle um, is, you know, through the kids. So, family members do need protection as well. So, uh, and you'll find a lot of uh, companies these days do specialise in. Um, or there are at least a few companies out there that specialise in, in, in family protection for high net worth or important families that are out there. Right. In fact, we, we've discussed off air a couple of times, um, you've given examples where family members have been kidnapped and used as uh, used for ransom, basically, for, for the, yeah. the high-profile target. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there, there are examples of that 
um, uh, out there. So um, it's definitely something that we take into consideration every time we sort of sit down with somebody um, okay. and talk to them about a, a detail. Right. So if I'm in a position where I need to find an EP agent for, let's say, a C-level executive in my company, what would I look for in an EP agent? Um, so, well, it depends on how you're going to go about it. Obviously, um, what I would say is that you'd probably be looking looking for the company. Um, so you would probably, I mean, your first thing for the layperson, they'd probably just get straight onto Google and, and go, okay, let's find a company. So let's take it back. Take it back a step. We'll talk about um, the company holistically rather than just the individual. Um, so um, I guess uh, first thing you probably look at is you know, although there's a few things I guess you know, experience is, is one of them. Um, how long has the company been trading for? Did it just pop up pop up overnight? You know, is there a history of solid performance? Who runs the company? What's their background? Um, I guess do they know anything about security or are they just someone that's just finished a certificate too and now they claim they're you know you know uh, an expert in the field so um, you know, check out the experience uh, discretion um, you know if the representative is sitting there so if you go to a meeting or you're just having the phone call and if they're just name dropping all the way through then um, you know it's unlikely they're going to take too much uh, care about uh, your confidentiality and you know it's probably a good idea just to avoid them. Um, Another thing is that you, you may or may not get to immediately, but sort of the finances. Um, look, executive protection operation can be an expensive journey. Uh, certainly, if you're looking for a quality one, this is, you know, it can be the case. Um, and, and look, there are definitely cheaper versions of executive protection out there, but I would suggest it's not necessarily executive protection. There's, there's a difference um, in the service that you're going to be delivered, you know, um, so, you know, the, the old saying, pay peanuts, get monkeys. Um, but, you know, mo most companies will um, request an upfront payment of some kind. Generally, it's between, you know, 15 and 50%. Um, certainly, I wouldn't be uh, paying any more than that. Um, but, you know, talk that out with the management. You know, um, they, shouldn't, they shouldn't be pressuring you for a payment uh, just for some information and, and for planning. Um, and, and realistically, the planning and, and all that sort of stuff uh, you know, you should be sitting down together and, and, and coming up with um, coming up with a couple of options. Um, you know, have them explain the cancellation policy clearly to you as well. Um, you know, there are obviously expenses that are incurred by the companies uh, once they get the ball rolling, so there may be cancellation fees. So just make sure they, they, they talk to you about that as well. You know, the other thing too is a reputable provider will have um, the financial backing to cover most of, uh, you know, small to mid-sized tasks. Um, it's it's not unreasonable for them to request a um, uh, a bit more of a deposit uh, or that deposit I should say for for more complex more extensive car tasks. But um, you know, a lot of companies should be able to cover some of these smaller ones. Okay, so you mentioned experience a few moments ago, but what about reputation? Because they're two kind of different things. How do you check the reputation of an agency? Yeah, I guess um, look, just because you haven't heard of a particular company doesn't mean that they're not a quality team. Um, you know, in fact, this actually could be the, the exact opposite. Um, a lot of companies are out there with excellent reputations that you've probably never even heard of. Um, you know, ask around, do a basic Google search, check um, social media. Um, I guess you're not always looking for glowing reports and, and a lot of clients just won't give that uh, and that's part of that confidentiality. Um, but I guess what you are looking for is sort of anything that sort of stands out, any sort of alarm bells. Um, you know, again, it may not be 100% accurate, but... Um, you know, do you know? Just do your checks. You know, check out. Do they have a website? 
know, if if it's covered in guys holding guns and, and trying to look tough, then it's probably it's probably not the company you want to deal with. So, um, you know, try to get a feel for for what the company stands for. Um, are they just out for a quick buck? You know, if so, just flick them. Um, in the end, a lot can be said of sort of um, with just going with your gut. So how, how about communications? How can you assess the communication skills of, of the agency you're, you're considering? Yeah, communications, this is sort of a basic one, um, and we kind of touched on it briefly before in, in the, the training, but, you know, does the company respond to your emails? Um, do they respond in a timely manner? Do they call you? Um, are they going to meet with you? Um, and, and I guess when they're talking, do they make sense? Right? Um, I mean, if you're engaging the team to look after you and your family, uh, and you know the team leader or all the team members are unable to communicate with you, um, and you know realistically, do you want to put it in front of your kids? Um, or the other thing too is you know if you, if you're an executive and you you need the um, the EP operative to, to fit into a corporate environment, if they can't string two words together, then they're probably not confident uh, enough to put into a, a into that um, that corporate um, corporate environment. So uh, so yeah, and the other thing too is we, while we're talking about um, companies is uh, licensing um, look different different countries have different laws about licensing um, in Australia companies need to be licensed in each uh, each state um, they wish to to work within um, and you know the companies can have multiple licenses so they can be uh, licensed in, in in every single state um, or they can form strategic alliances with um, who they feel or what they feel are quality providers in those states as well um, you know, we, we do it, uh, plenty, of, plenty of companies do it. So, but it's about um, engaging the right, com- the right companies that are going to fit in with, um, I guess, your values. And then that'll pass on to your client as well, obviously. So um, in, in, in addition to that, uh, the personnel that are actually offering that service the, or the, 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 the corporate, whether it be executive protection or the close protection, um, they have to have a, a individual security license, and they have to have the bodyguard provision on it as well. So that's that's in Australia. Um, in the UK, I know that individuals need to be licensed under the SIA, so the, the Security Industry Authority. Um, I'm not entirely clear on the rules for the actual company uh, itself, um, but certainly it'd be, it'd be worth investigating for those that are looking to engage a company over in the UK. Um, USA again, similar to Australia, uh, companies need to be licensed within each state. Uh, and in Canada, I think it's just, um, I think they've got a ministry uh, that looks after it. I think it's like the Ministry of Communication or uh, Community Safety, I should say. Got it. And so l- let's say we have agreed that your team or, or, or whatever team I've, I've selected is, is the one I want to go with. Can I meet the team before uh, operations are underway? Is, it, is that possible? Is that normally the dumb thing? Look, it may not always be possible um, to meet the team members. Look, we've, we've been requested that in the past. Um, look, it's not always the case that you can do that. They may be working on another job, uh, maybe working on another task. Um, but uh, that said, any reputable security or protection company uh, will be able to provide you with bios on at least a few of their team members. Um, you know, you as the client, you may not get the option of who you get uh, as it, it, it's often down to availability. Um, you know, with, with multiple tasks that might be occurring. However, the, the bios, uh, they'll give you an indication of the quality of the operatives um, that the company can provide. So, I mean, like, you know, in, in regards to personnel, we spoke briefly about backgrounds. Um, and we spoke about it, um, I think, back in, uh, might have been way back in episode one somewhere. 
Um, but, you know, I'll revisit that here again. And I just want to reiterate, a military and policing background, um, it forms a solid base for executive protection operatives. However, it, it does not ensure that you'll be a good EP operative. Um, a lot of guys, even females, I, I, I guess should, um, I should say, uh, come out of the military and police and they really struggle with the transition of what might be that, you know, from that high-speed, low-drag type, type role, uh, and then they come into what uh, can sometimes be you know, seen as a mundane role. So, you know, that said, I've, I've had uh, some awesome ex-Special uh, you know, ex Forces guys work with us in the past, and, and the highlight of their trip was purchasing a particular brand of, um, of jam, and they just got on with the job. It's not a, um, uh, you know, it's not as sexy a job as what some people think, um, you know, you know, we've we've got a, a great relationship with a company down in Sydney called Adapt Secure, and um, I know that one of their uh, owners of that company, you know, he's a he's a, a consummate security professional. Um, he doesn't have a specific military or, or policing background, but he's a solid operator, so um, an excellent manager runs and runs a great team. So it comes back to what I was saying previously. You know, it can be personality driven. The skills, uh, the skills is one one thing that brings. Uh, uh, brings things together, but um, realistically, it's it's all about the personality behind it. Um, having that base is, is is an excellent foundation, but it's about um, you know, having an open mind and, and being able to to do the job professionally. That is, it, it makes a, a a solid operator. Right. So, just on that, Troy, you mentioned uh, purchasing a particular brand of jam for a client. Is that normally part of an operative's brief to run short errands, or, or is that just kind of a, a regular thing that might come up from time to time? No, like I said, yeah, you know, it's it's you know you you look past the Hollywood uh, um, the Hollywood movies uh, of what the perception of a bodyguard is. Um, you know, we you know it's not not kicking indoors and 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 shooting the bad guys. Like um, you know, it's I'm yet to shoot a bad guy in this job. You know what I mean? So um, it's it's about you know it's it's a client driven um, client driven um, Industry, so you know, if these guys that turn around and say, "Look, I'm not carrying, I'm not carrying the, um, I'm not going to carry the principal's bag," well, okay, no worries. You know that 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 probably means that you're probably going to be out of the job pretty soon. So there's a time and place to make that stance. Um, that time would probably be okay. There is a threat. No, I'm not going to carry your bags. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, look, it, it could be a case of running errands and, and doing all sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. Alrighty, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a break here on the Wheels Up podcast and we're going to pick this subject up in the next episode. So that will be Who Needs a Bodyguard and How Do You Hire One Part 2. In that episode, we're going to look at things like medical capabilities for executive protection agents, what are the threats they need to consider when they're working with a client, things like local knowledge, agreements, fees and all those sorts of things. So it's all pretty important stuff, so I do hope you can join us for that. In the meantime, we have also prepared a pretty comprehensive guide and that's called How to Hire an Executive Protection Agent. You can download it off the Wheels Up Podcast website. So that's wheelsuppodcast.net. Um, if you go there, look for episodes 11 or 12 and you'll find a link there to that, uh, to that guide. It's very comprehensive and it also includes a 37-question uh, cheat sheet so if you're in a position where you are hiring an executive protection agent it's got a pretty comprehensive list of questions for you to ask of the uh, of the prospective agents so we'll leave that there and troy and i will see you again on the next episode of wheels up thank you 
You've been listening to the Wheels Up podcast with Troy Clayton. For more information, show notes, resources, and subscription options, visit wheelsuppodcast.net. Wheels Up is brought to you by the Experts On Air podcast network. Until next time, safe travels.